The bridal shop sits on the main street of the refugee camp. It slouches against its neighbors in a row of crooked shacks, framed in scrap wood and walled with tent canvas and dust-flecked zinc sheeting. Inside, among the sequined dresses and see-through lingerie, eight or nine women in black abayas and Muslim headscarves jostle and shout for the shopkeeper's attention. One voice cuts through the din. A broad-shouldered young woman in a brown robe and a pink-patterned scarf. Her name is Bedur, and she's only eighteen, but she's on a mission and not about to be overlooked. Her cousin, Amne, is getting married tomorrow, and Bedur has ducked out of the afternoon's henna party to finish the last-minute shopping. There are always weddings in the Zatari refugee camp. The owner of the bridal shop says it's three or four a day, though perhaps this is a bit of a professional exaggeration. Even in Zatari, nothing succeeds like success. But there are 120,000 displaced Syrians crowded into this barren scrap of the Jordanian desert. Most of them are young. Before the war, 55% of Syria's population was under 25. And most of them are bored. They've been here for months, with little to do but watch their country fall into bloody chaos on television. The civil war may have brought normal life to a standstill, but it can't stop young people from wanting to get married. A refugee camp wedding can be a tricky thing to pull off. A proper Arab wedding goes on for days, with singing, dancing, food, and festive processions to the marital home. When Zatari first opened, there were a few attempts to hold this kind of celebration, but residents say it struck the wrong note, dancing in a camp surrounded by suffering and loss. The weddings now are quiet, low-key affairs, but they still go on. The refugees cling to what has left them. A hundred kinds of supplies cram the bridal shop's makeshift shelves. Makeup and lip gloss, hair clips, brushes, gels and polishes, underwear ranging from practical to pinup. But the dresses are what matters. Passers-by can see them from the street. Through the crooked doorway, framed by walls of corrugated zinc, they seem to glow. The shop's one dress form wears a confection of scarlet satin with spaghetti straps and a sweetheart neckline, its prominent bust heavy with paste jewels. Other dresses hang from the crossbeams in sparkling curtains of white. It's very important not to prevent a bride from wearing a white dress at her wedding, says the shop owner, a dapper fellow from Damascus, with a pressed shirt and a neatly trimmed beard. Like many refugees, he doesn't want his name used in print. We have a tradition across the whole Arab world, he says. A bride leaves her family's house and comes to her own home, her own bedroom, and everything is ready, and everything happens with dancing and ululation. That's joy. And here, she's deprived of everything. There is nothing left for her. Her dress. Must we deprive her of that as well? She must enjoy it. 
Bidur's cousin, Amne, has chosen a long white gown with a slinky, sparkling halter top and a flaring skirt of ruffles patterned with rhinestones and imitation pearls. After looking it over, Bidur peppers the shopkeeper with questions about delivery and deposits. Usually, he takes 10,000 Syrian pounds up front and returns it once he has his dress back, minus the rental fee. But he takes only 200 pounds from Bidur. She says it's because her family is well known in the camp.